Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? Halloween Eve, the 30th. What's everybody been up to? You guys looking forward to tomorrow night? I am. My yard's all, well, my yard's not done, but I mean, I've got everything set up in my floor living room, in my in my dining room, ready to go out. I don't like to put my stuff out early because we thieves, you know, I don't want people stealing my stuff. I've collected my stuff over the years, and that would be a total bummer if somebody took my stuff. And by the way, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal need, we can get to you. Uh, it might take us a while because California is a big state. You know, when people think of California, they, it's kind of like Hawaii. You know, beaches, surfers. It's like that. It really is like that on our West Coast. But there's also parts of California that aren't like that. Um, you know, we've got mountains. We've got high desert. We've got low desert. We've got a lot of rural areas, farming areas, so that's why it would take us a while. Because it's, it's it's huge, it's a huge state. Anyway, uh, in that case, if it is you know if we can't get you right away, we have mediums on staff who can phone you and talk to you about what may or may, may not be going on. And in most cases, if there is something going on, they can simmer down the energy until we get out there. But it doesn't take us more than one you know one or two to three days to get out there to help you. So. Look us up. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitch. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on TikTok. Uh, you can find us everywhere. So all you look for is uh, Facebook. It's California Haunts. California Haunts Radio. Twitter is California Haunts. TikTok is California Haunts. YouTube, yes, of course, California Haunts Radio. And that's YouTube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio. And Twitch under Cal Haunts. And also Meetup. We have a Meetup under California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. That being said, if you're watching from from uh, oh, said TikTok, if you're watching from Facebook tonight, and a lot of you are, please hit that follow button if you haven't done so already, and you know, comment in the chat room, show me some love, show your thumbs up, the hearts, smiley faces, show me some love because what that does is it puts us up higher in, in the FYP for Facebook, and they distribute us out, out farther. Same thing with YouTube. Go over to you know if you're watching from YouTube, I've got 780 videos sitting there, all of this show. Okay, I've, ta I've taken them and I've started to put them put them in categories so you can find stuff easier. Okay, if you like what you hear and see tonight, feel free to subscribe. Doesn't cost anything, right? Over YouTube, and uh, again, same thing like Facebook. Show us some love, smiley faces, whatever. Uh, comment because it does. Uh, the, the master computers at, at, at YouTube see that and they push us out further in the FYP, and you know, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Where we get out more. Okay, now I'm done with that with my spiel. Tonight's guest, I love cryptids. I, honestly, I have been one of these people that grew up because my, my, I had family that, that moved to the woods, and I grew up reading stories about Sasquatch and all that stuff and the dogman and, and all that good stuff. So I'm really excited to have my guest on tonight to talk about cryptids and folklore. I'm really stoked. So I'm going to bring him in, and he can tell you about himself. And... Uh, here we go.
Hey, thanks for having me on. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Doing, doing, doing great. Um, didn't have enough coffee today, but uh, <laughs> that's my own fault. <laughs> my dog this morning was really funny. I, I have an Australian Kelpie. She's about 40 pounds. And uh, I usually just have toast and jam in the morning. And I guess she decided she wanted it too. So every time I put it down, she was right in there trying to get it. So here I am trying to eat, drink water, and push a 40-pound 40, 40 dog off my chest all morning. No, well, there's ours, no, ours is a little smaller than that, so he's, he's easier to get out of the way. There's no such thing as personal space in my house. Yeah. You know? So tell me about you, sir. Oh, well, um, I teach uh, journalism at a university in, in uh, northwest Missouri. Uh, before that, I was a print journalist for about 17 years. I uh, grew up on a, on a farm uh, outside of a town of about 800 people. And um, as I was growing up, I, I read everything I could get my hands on. And uh, mm -hmm. that even included, included something like a newspaper. And in the early 70s, uh, there was, I'm, I'm that old, in the early 70s, there, was, uh, there were reports in, in the local newspaper, the Kansas City, Kansas City Times, that there was a Bigfoot uh, terrorizing the small town across the state near St. Louis, the small town of Louisiana, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And for a couple of weeks week period in, in 1973, that was on, you know, that was on everybody's, everybody's, uh, you know, lips and, and, you know, talking about Momo, the Missouri monster. And uh, it absolutely fascinated me that one of these was not only just in my state, but by, it was in the newspaper. Come on, they were covering this. So uh, from that moment on, and, um, you know, later watching In Search of Leonard Nimoy talking about right. all with the monsters, uh, I've just been fascinated with the, with the subject. It's a really cool subject because, you know, like, like when we're kids, right, all we think about is like Momo or we think about Bigfoot when we're kids. But as we get older, and you, like you say, you start reading up on these things, you start to realize there's a lot more going on than just that. Right. Oh, yeah, there definitely are. There are so many types of cryptids. It's it's really hard to, um, you know, to, to categorize them because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they're, they're so different. And... For the people who who think you know well we you know we're all over the place we we you know have lived here for I mean people have lived in in, in North America for centuries upon centuries mm -hmm. um, well you know if we listen to the, uh, the to the natives who were here before uh, Europeans came along and, and pushed them off their land you know if we listen to them they had stories of all these cryptids they had stories mm -hmm. of of the hairy giants. Uh, they had stories of the Thunderbirds. They had stories of, of um, all sorts of, of different creatures. Some of which, one of which uh, fascinates me, sounds like the uh, Jefferson uh, Jeffersonian uh, ground sloth. Um, mm. That was the uh, giant ground sloth that was about twelve feet tall uh, from the Pleistocene era, and it, uh, you know, has been seen from Canada all the way down to, to South America, and and people are still reporting seeing it. So. There are all sorts of different creatures around. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things I, I used to, you know, use uh, for people who, who, who you know, kind of poo-poo the idea of, of there being unknown animals out there, mm -hmm. there are an average of 18,000 new species discovered every year. And most of them are insects. They're, you know, fish. There are a lot of birds. 
but every once in a while there'll be a new species of monkey uh there'll be a new species of of cat that's discovered uh about 10 years ago there was a, a new species of orangutan those are large animals that mm -hmm. that was discovered in 1977 the 18 foot long um uh, mega mouth shark was discovered uh so if things of that size can go you know can can go without noticing for for so many years uh, there's there's tons of things out there and plus when you look at the woods you know the the woodsy areas i mean there's just so many places northern, northern california oregon washington there's places back east that 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 are you know by, by the great lakes that that have wood that, that are just places where these things could could hide out for indefinitely right definitely there i mean there are places that people probably haven't set foot on in centuries or maybe have never set foot on and 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 when you think of the great expanses of canada uh, my, my gosh there are so many places for for cryptids to hide up there yeah i i i seriously think that you know monsters some uh creatures that people cite um are are out there i, re I really do and we're gonna find we're gonna find some at some point i hope Mm -hmm. And here's my question is, do you think these are all like ancient beings, you know, from, from, from ancient times? Or I always had a weird thought because these Sasquatch sightings, you know, with the blue light and all that going on, that maybe these things were experiments, you know, when the, when the aliens or whatever were first started, you know, abducting and they were trying to figure out our DNA and then these things are accidents. That they made well, enough of them that they multiplied. And and here's when it, when it comes to me, I, I I don't like to try and explain one unknown with another. Right. And although I am I am convinced that there there are extraterrestrials and they have been visiting us just because of the vast number of historical sightings and, and mm -hmm. current sightings and and there's so much evidence that yes, I think extraterrestrials have and are still visiting us, but we haven't been able to prove that you know right. science has it hasn't done it so i'm not going to use that to Absolutely. try to try and prove bigfoot but there are so many sightings of bigfoot and have been for for decades that have been associated with ufo sightings as well right, right. And, and and the blue lights and uh so could yeah could that be the answer you know yeah anything's possible but right um you know and, and until that is determined uh, i'm still a flesh and blood kind of guy so what do you think of these sightings? I mean, recently, I, didn't somebody, you know, because there's so many rumors out there about stuff. And I think within the last couple of weeks, I, I saw where somebody had shot what they thought was a chupacabra. Yeah, we hear that, and we've heard that for, for, for decades. Somebody has shot a chupacabra, and it ends up being a coyote with mange or a right. raccoon with mange, something like that. Um, so I don't... I, I don't know about this specific incident, but it's probably going to turn up being, you know, a known animal that, mm -hmm. that simply had mange. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And animals, if nobody's seen, an you know, a regular animal with mange, uh, look up something online because they don't look like the same animal at all. They don't. They don't look uh, especially, like, yeah, look up a black bear with mange and you won't recognize it at all. <laughs> um, when you're doing research on this stuff, how hard is it to find information on them? Well, actually, it's not really uh, not really hard at all. I I wrote my first book on the paranormal, uh, Haunted Missouri. It was about ghosts. Uh, I wrote it back in uh, around. I started about in two thousand five, and and at that point, people were not ready 
to mm -hmm. tell their stories generally. So it was really hard. I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of haunted cases from the uh, southeastern part of the state because mm -hmm. uh, it's an extremely religious area and people didn't want to talk to me about it. Mm -hmm. But um, and it, so it was really hard to gather information. Now, after all of these years of, of you know, ghost shows, of cryptid shows, of, of, of ancient aliens and other shows about UFOs, um, people are a lot more comfortable talking about uh, their opinions or their sightings mm -hmm. um, or something that, you know, Grandpa Joe saw when he was, you know, working the backcountry. Um, they're, uh, they're, they're more comfortable because... Well, and, and I've had so much, so many things published about, about the unknown. Uh, I think people trust me and, and other people like me mm -hmm. not to mm -hmm. make fun of them now. Right, right. Well, you know, I agree with you. I remember when I first started ghost hunting 18 years ago. And I remember every time you would mention ghosts, you would have to be real quiet about who you talk to. Because back mm -hmm. then people thought we were all nuts doing this stuff. Yeah, but like you say, with the TV shows, it's it's made it more mainstream where everybody and their brothers talking about it, you know. So it's changed yeah. a lot. Well, and there were back back in back in the day when I was uh, you know working on Haunted Missouri, uh, there were a couple of bed and breakfasts that I went to and a mm -hmm. hotel that I went to, and and I stayed at these places because and in the rooms that that were supposedly haunted because if something was going to happen, I wanted to be there to write about it. Mm -hmm. um, but the the hotel and, and the bed and breakfast. We're like, we're not, we're not haunted. We really aren't. Uh, now these same places advertise that they're haunted to get people to come and, and stay there. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, like I said earlier, most people, when they think of cryptids, right, it comes to mind, uh, Sasquatch, uh, Wendigo, you know, and, 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 and Chupacabra and things like that. What are some of the more rare cryptids that people have seen over the years? Well, uh, some of the more, the, the rare ones, um, I mean, it's not entirely rare, but it's a lot more rare than, than what you just described. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm really fascinated by Thunderbirds oh, cool, because yeah. the description of Thunderbirds, the size of them, what they look like, uh, what people, what witnesses, <clears throat> and there are witnesses today that, that see those, that see those creatures. Um, what they're describing is a Teratorn, which is, um, basically an enormous uh, condor that was alive during the Pleistocene era. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and they're in, you know, really lonely places. They're, you know, in mountainous regions and regions with a lot of forest. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a pilot, uh, I don't know how many years ago, but it wasn't that it was in the two thousands. I'm pretty sure uh, flying a, a small plane in Alaska. And he thought another plane was pulling up next to him, but, and he looked over and it was this enormous bird that was the same wow. size as his plane and, and it, he you know, stared at it and eventually it it, it veered off and, and disappeared into the distance but this goes back to what what we you know talked about all the places that cryptids could still hide in this day and age and there's so much mm -hmm. of north america and you get that with africa and south america asia um a big chunk of australia they don't have people living there you know, like the East Coast or the West Coast, and there's tons of places to hide. So I, I really think, and, and not just the Thunderbirds, but there are reports, of, um, you know, in, in the, that have been in the Midwest of, of large uh, hyenas being sighted mm -hmm. by people. And, and, you know, back in the Pleistocene, there were two species of hyena-like uh, creatures that were, were normal and accepted by science, 
but they supposedly died out. And could there be some small pockets of these? Yeah, I think there really could. Well, you know, I find it interesting. I do because I, I saw a report. I think it might have been ancient aliens or, or the, that one about Alaska. You know, aliens in Alaska. And I saw one on there where people were driving down this road, and these little dinosaur creatures came out, kind of like those little ones in Jurassic Park mm -hmm. you know, that would nibble on people. And like you say, I mean, there's there's plenty of room in Alaska for these things to exist. Right. The only problem I'd have with Alaska is the fact that it's cold. But yeah. uh, there have been similar um, similar accounts from from Colorado um, mm -hmm. of um, six foot tall raptor types, you mm -hmm. know, theropod type dinosaurs like right. mini T Rexes. Uh, there have been reports of of dinosaurs of that size, the compies that that were in Jurassic Park, that that have been seen in Oklahoma and Texas and, and New Mexico. Um, uh, pterodactyls have have been sighted uh, in in Mexico and in in Texas. There was a 1977 case of uh, a group of science teachers who were driving through West Texas. They had been at a teachers' conference and were driving home. And they stopped the car because they saw something in the sky that they wanted a good look at. And it was a, they identified it as a pterodactyl. I mean, you'd think that they science teachers would know what they were looking at. So, I mean, that that's that's a little bit harder for people to swallow because these, you know, dinosaurs and, and you know, bird like bird like creatures from from that era have been dead for 65, 66 million years. And uh, but. Still, I think they could. You know, there are some places I think they could still be, still be around. You know, I would think because they are bird-like, and you know, with climate change and all that, for a bird it's a little easier because the bird can move on. Right. Right. It's not like a sauropod dinosaur. You yeah. Know, one of the big long neck neck ones that you know walk, walk around in the swamps. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they. they I mean. Of course, there are stories of them as well. There's a, a, the Macaula, uh, Macaula uh, Mamembe, something, I'm butchering the name, but it's a sauropod dinosaur that has been sighted for forever by the, by the uh, local tribesmen in, in uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Um, and there's been some, some evidence of footprints that, that scientists have gone and seen. There's... Um, there's there was a story of a a dragon is what they called it in in Spain back in the 15 1300s 1400s 1500s mm -hmm. something like that uh, that that the villagers eventually killed or drove off and and their description of it it had a shield behind its head and it had three uh, sword like uh, sword like protrusions from its face. Wow, that's. Sounds like uh, you know a triceratops to me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I mean, could I mean there there very well could be uh, could be dinosaurs uh, still around. I mean the Ica stones from um, you know South America are, are you know if 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 any of those are real, they show humans and dinosaurs interacting. Well, yeah, it stems to reason. I mean, look at like the rattlesnakes in the winter, right? You don't see them because because they're in hiding away from the cold. So it just stems to reason that these dinosaurs probably can do that as well. Yeah, I would. Do, they could. And the thing is, we don't know. All we right. have, all we have from science is the fossil record, and and they're going on with this happened. So you know, 
they're all dead. But then, you know, one of the things that, that people who want to argue with science bring up, and I'm going to bring it up because it's sure. a good argument, is the coelacanth, mm -hmm. which uh, is, is a prehistoric fish that supposedly died out with the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. And in the 1930s, um, a fisherman, a, a captain of a fishing boat saw a... Um, you know, a fish he didn't recognize, so he got a hold of the of, of a museum in in South Africa, and they uh, the curator went and looked at it and realized what she was looking at. It was a coelacanth that is supposed to have been, you know, extinct for a long time, and now we've uh, found two populations of mm -hmm. coelacanth, one off South Africa, uh, and then one one in Indonesia. What else could be out there? Right. I mean, especially in the ocean, we we. Um, with satellites, we've ma mapped 95% of the of the ocean floor, but we still don't know what 95% or what is in 95% of our oceans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He just reminded me because one of my favorite TV shows is Drain the Ocean. Yeah. That is like the coolest show yeah. there is, you know. Um, in your studies, you know, and looking at these things, which one sticks out the most in your mind? Uh, studies on cryptids? on cryptids yeah well the one that really really stands out uh, has to do with bigfoot i think it all for me is always going to come back to bigfoot because i think out, out of all the cryptids i think the best chance of one existing and us finding one is, is probably bigfoot um first let's let's look at where big bigfoot is located Mm -hmm. On every continent except for you know Antarctica, you know we they've reported Bigfoot creatures even even in Australia, um, and when it comes to to, to Bigfoot, there have been uh, a number of you know cases of, of DNA that have been uh, um, you know analyzed and and mm -hmm. what they come up with. Um, uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum was involved. He's the uh, a professor with the university or Idaho state, maybe, or Utah state. I don't remember, uh -huh. but he and, um, another scientist got some, some DNA, uh, that they were convinced was from Bigfoot. And when it was analyzed, it showed to be, um, human, but it, it was inconclusive. There was there mm -hmm. other things that, that weren't human. Um, uh, a scientist in Alberta, Canada, or, uh, did the same thing. And uh, the DNA, you know, results from, from uh, you know, samples from Canada were shown to be human, but they had some anomalies. Uh, one of the famous uh, Bigfoots from, from history was Zena. That was uh, a female Bigfoot captured at a, uh, uh, a village in Russia. And, and they produced the, the tribes where the village people produced children with her. And one of them was exhumed. Uh, and had, you know, was tested and he, the DNA came back human, but with some anomalies. This fascinates me because when, when we go back to stories from Native Americans who traded with these giants uh -huh. in, in a lot of cases, and they, they knew that there were, were tribes of giants out there that they had to be wary of, uh -huh. they described them as just big people. Okay, so what what this this DNA that's not showing their their you know ape descendants, what they're showing me is you know what, maybe there are cousins, because history plays out that way, and the DNA DNA evidence is playing out that way as well. 
Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Now, going back, you know, when you get into the folklore in these different areas, what do you think is the more prominent folklore? Uh, well, other than other than Bigfoot, I'm going to go other than Bigfoot because, yeah, like I said, everything goes back to the big guy. Right. Uh, it is the story of little people. That's another topic that fascinates me. Uh, there are little people stories all over the planet, uh, you know, in, in, uh, as well as giants, uh, stories of them as well, you know, uh, from every, everywhere, you know, and, and again, including, including Australia. Um, mm-hmm. in, in Europe, they're you know, elves, gnomes, kobolds, sprites, trolls, dwarves, goblins, uh, tomtars. They, they have all sorts of different names, but they look the same and they behave the same. And the, 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 the look is they're generally smaller than us, maybe two to three feet tall. Um, generally, the males all have beards and they have some magic to them to where if they choose, choose not to be seen, they won't be seen. Mm-hmm. They also um, either shoot magical arrows or uh, arrows that... Uh, uh, that, that are poison, uh, if they offer you food and you eat it, you will go off to some other place, uh, oh. fairyland, you know, so someplace like that. Those stories are also in North America. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Pukwudgies from, from the East Coast are like that. Uh, the same stories uh, were in South Dakota when, when uh, uh, Lewis and Clark were making their way across the country. They were. They talked with with a, a tribe in South Dakota, and they described these same little people doing these exact same things, behaving the exact same way, mm-hmm. and and even told where they would, you know, Lewis and Clark, where they would find them on the spirit mound. They lived inside, and they detoured Lewis and Clark. Some of the some of the their explorers detoured to go to the spirit mound to see mm-hmm. if they could find the little people. They they didn't, but. They, they did find holes, you know, could have been ground, no, groundhogs or whatever. But uh, the, the point is, it's how do you have the same story mm-hmm. across oceans from continent mm-hmm. to continent back at a time to where, you know, that wouldn't have traveled? Because at least according to, to history, our history, um, we didn't make that travel earlier mm-hmm. Than you know, Spain and and and, and North the North started doing, right, right, right. And then going back, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up with the little people here in a second. And give and, and I'm a lecturer, okay, so it's hard go to for it. Me it's up. all good. Keep, just just roll with it. All right. Hundred. So well, this this was 20 years ago, maybe uh, on Flores Island in Indonesia. A uh, there was a legend from from the people who lived have lived there forever. Uh, of these little people, um, two to two to three feet tall, uh, fully grown adults were that tall, and they called them Ibu Gogo, which in their language meant grandmother who would eat anything. And these Ibu Gogo, uh, if you went out in the, into the forest or if you left your babies un, un uh, uh, you know unaccompanied or you didn't weren't paying attention, they would come and steal your children, take it back to the cave, and they would eat eat the children, and. Of course, when Western science, we do this all the time. Westerners come in and they're like, that's a cute little story, but it's it's all make-believe. Right. And then the um, science, when scientists found a cave 
on Flores Island and they found fully grown adult skeletons that were only three foot tall. Wow. And they found so many and so much evidence that, uh, that they named them Homo florensis, um, because they're a new branch of humanity that, that they discovered. Uh, they also nicknamed them hobbits because of their size. Mm -hmm. But that is proof. My gosh, scientific proof that legends of little people mm -hmm. are real in at least one corner of the planet. Uh, we could find them at everywhere, you know, at, at some point. Well, what comes to mind to me, because I do a lot of ghosts hunting up in the gold country, are the Tommy Knockers. Right, right. Right, the Tommy Knockers uh, aren't uh, aren't anything like what Stephen King's book, The Tommy Knockers, <laughs> said they were. Um, the Tommy Knockers were legends of of Cornish miners in Cornwall, England. Um, they were little little miners. They were dressed as little miners, and they would they would be in the mines also. The 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 Cornish miners would hear, you know, tapping of of um, you know picks into the into the rock mm -hmm. if they were rude if they said rude things to the tommy knockers you know there might be a cave-in you might get hurt and had get hurt or killed in a cave-in if you were nice mm -hmm. maybe brought them um you know candy or sweets mm -hmm. they would you know they would show you uh you know where the ore was so you could mine there Mm -hmm. uh, they, they were also mischievous as all little people are. They would take your tools or your lunch and move it someplace. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what the Cornish uh, miners did is that I, I don't know why they said this, but, but they were convinced that, uh, the Tommy knockers were descendants of, of the people who, um, uh, betrayed Jesus. Okay. That seems a little odd, but uh, that's, that's what the belief was. And the Tommyknockers legends came to the United States whenever uh, so much coal mining was going on in Pennsylvania and Ohio. They brought the best miners over, which were the Cornish ones, and in in um, you know in California and just out west in general. When they were finding loads of silver and gold, mm -hmm. Cornish miners came out to do that, and the Tommyknockers came with them. There's a lot of interesting legends, especially around them. The whole thing with saving people from a collapsing mind as well. Mm -hmm. when, when, mm -hmm. when they hear a tapping in there, like you talk about the tapping, and that's what the miners right. would say. If they heard the tapping, then they, got, they would try to get out because they knew it was going to collapse. It's interesting. The other thing I've read up on, too, is the, is the children that get, that get taken either by the fairies or the little people. And they live right. Yeah, that's that. That is also another another common common trait. The uh, uh, which also blends bleeds over into to UFO, uh, you know, UFO abductions right, and right. and and uh, what what the story is is the uh, the little person, the fairy type creature. Uh, they have sometimes have a problem, and their their babies come out uh, weak, and uh, and they will go to a house and replace the healthy human baby with mm -hmm. this little elf baby, which is, which people call a changeling. So now they've got this changeling, which is a sickly, uh, a sickly uh, elvish baby. That's, you know, eventually will probably pa pass on while the elves are raising the, uh, the, the healthy baby. And, and uh, yeah, this has been com compared to, uh, to, to UFO abductions when uh, 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 women are made pregnant with, with uh, hybrids, 
um, there have been a lot of people who, you know, Dr. David Jacobs talks a lot about mm -hmm. hybrid uh, hybrids. Uh, I'm not getting into my belief or not on any of that, but that's fine. I'm just saying that's where the stories <laughs> the stories match. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Well, you're a journalist, okay? Yes. I'm a journalist. I have to I have to keep it right down the center, just like you do, you know. Absolutely. With my beliefs. So I'm I'm on both sides of that fence mm -hmm. trying to keep it balanced. Um, when you look at these stories and you know, like the lake monsters and things like that. Um, I know, I know, Lake Tahoe up here is rumored to have an, our Tahoe own, Tessie. Our, yes, Tessie, our own Nessie. Yep. Have I, you I, done there? Well, I mean, I've done. I, I I haven't been out, but I've I have done done research on it. There are so many lake monster stories um, across across the world, really. Mm -hmm. But some in the United States are, are really like Champ. Uh, yeah. Lake Champlain, Tahoe Tessie, I think is a nice one. Um, Ogopogo up in uh, up in Canada, um, but there are some lake monster stories. As I was doing research in some states that are based in lakes that uh, were man-made, and I'm like, what really? How did I know how the fish got in there? People put them in there. But, yeah, but uh, yeah, how the monsters show up? Absolutely. Have you had a chance to go out in different areas and and, and look for this stuff some i have um i actually was uh, uh i was contacted uh three years ago maybe now uh by a couple of producers in in uh in hollywood who wanted to put together a uh, a show with a journalist a tv show with a journalist as as the host and they asked me and we went through everything to putting together a sizzle reel to they showed it to you know Netflix and history and all those, and it never got picked up. But that's what I was going to do. I was going to go out to the Pacific Northwest, and I was going to go to you know Lake Tahoe and get on a boat and go go try and look for Te uh, Tessie and and uh, but I uh, to answer answer the question other than what didn't happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've gone out in the in the woods to listen for knocks. Um, I'm. Uh, you know, with 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 the ghosts, which I've written a lot about ghosts. I've gone out to uh, lots of haunted places and sat there until three in the morning waiting for something to happen, and it usually doesn't, because ghosts are jerks that way. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. They know you're there. They're they're gonna either do it or they're not. Yeah, and that's what I tell people who are like, "Well, I haven't encountered a ghost," and I keep telling them, "Don't go looking for one." Mm-hmm. Because they're more likely to show up when you're not actively looking for one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when you look at the folklore throughout the United States, is, is there, are there any particular states that are, are heavier on folklore than others? Well, it, it really it really depends. Uh, the Native American folk, folklore is everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to uh, the, the other folklore, it's, you know, it's not even... I was going to say places with a heavier concentration of, of people, but it's not even that because mm -hmm. we have um, in, in South, up in South Dakota, we've got the, the Banshee of the Badlands and Banshees are, are an Irish, uh, an Irish spirit that if you hear it screaming, somebody close to you is going to, going to die soon. Mm -hmm. And um, I think just wherever people are, we, we take our monsters with us. We take our folklore with us. Whenever people moved to the United States um, from, from, you know, Europe um, or, or wherever they came from, 
their monsters came too. So whenever the Irish people settled here, you know what? Their banshee was there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So all these stories, the Tommyknockers was is a great example because mm -hmm. you know I, I went on the, on the story about the Cornish miners and they brought the Tommyknockers with them. So I just think wherever people are, <laughs> we 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 bring our monsters with us. How hard is it to research this stuff? Uh it's not really hard. It's time consuming. Uh, you know, I I was a I'm old, so the you know back in the day when I worked in newspapers, we didn't have the internet. No, you know, for most of my time there, so researching was 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 a lot harder. I mean, I've spent plenty of time in uh, uh, you know driving around the the Midwest, going to newspapers, flipping through you know um, 40, 50 year old stacks of newspapers to try and find the articles I'm looking for, uh, interviewing people. Uh, you know, sit, sitting in the uh, in my car while I'm waiting for the uh, spook lights south of Joplin, Missouri, to come down yeah, the road. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I spent plenty of time doing things like that, and and it's really fun. Except for the shotgun blast I heard at three o'clock in the morning on Spook Light Road, which is really close to Arkansas and Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I left at that point. See, I'm not scared of ghosts or monsters. It's people that bother guns, me. Guns, guns, yeah, yes. guns. are terrifying. Tell me more about the spook light because I experienced one, and I think it's because we were at this house up here in Camino, and I, we, we there was this big, big uh, canyon there, and the river was down below. So we experienced one floating, like out in the middle of it, mm -hmm. you know, out in the middle of this canyon. But then the thought was, well, the, the temperature's cooling down, so maybe it's something coming up off the river. What was your experience like with that spook light area? Well, with, with this, okay, I interviewed a woman who'd seen it um, when she was a teenager, and she was in her mm -hmm. 80s at the point when I interviewed her. And um, she, she, I asked her where the best place to stop on, on spook light road, which is a gravel road, really close to, like I said, Oklahoma and Arkansas. And she said, just get on the road and look for the spot with the, with the most beer cans. That's where you should stop. And so I, I stopped there uh, and I didn't, didn't experience anything, but what I interviewed her and the mayor of a local town who saw it uh, at one point and some other people who encountered it. And, and, and what it was, was, uh, an orb the size of a basketball. It was yellowish orange and it would move. Uh, it didn't really bounce, but it, you know, had a movement to it. It would move up the road and mm -hmm. it would go over the hood of your car, hit the windshield, wow. disappear. You'd, the people inside the car would feel electricity and then mm -hmm. it would appear out the back window and just continue on down the road. There have been a lot of, of spook lights. I think maybe every state has one that are described a lot of the same way. And they, they have kind of the same legends behind them mm -hmm. that like the, this one uh, south of Joplin and uh, around Hornet and Seneca are the two names of the, the towns down there um, that Native American young woman and a young man were in love, but they were the, the dad uh, didn't like the young man and he forbid them to get married. So they went and jumped off a cliff and died. Mm -hmm. And um, so they could die together. And this is the, the father with, with fire, um, you know, to light his way walking down this road, looking for his lost daughter. 
mean, that's that's a pretty common common story. Uh, the Corps of Engineers, the Army Corps of Engineers, in, in the 1950s went and examined the, the area where the spook light was seen, and they determined that it was lights from cars, headlights from mm -hmm. nearby Interstate 44. Mm -hmm. I mean, not Interstate, well, not Interstate 44, but uh, the local highway, because Interstate mm -hmm. 44 wasn't there yet. But it had been seen for 100 years before that. So right, right, right. It's, it's not lights from a car. Right, right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I had an experience a few years back. Uh, we used to have a house up here in Northern California. That was on the edge of an airport, edge of a graveyard. And we were going up there late at night because I would get off work at 6. And so we old my mom and dad and I decided to drive up there. My dad went up ahead of us. And we were coming up to the house. The house was on the left, on five acres. And all of a sudden, I see this golden orb come out of my bedroom window. And when you talk about the spook light going through the car, this is what, exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. It went through my driver's side window and shot right in front of my face, and my mom's face, and then kept going out the other side. The funny thing was when we pulled up to the house, my dad was sitting outside. My dad was not the kind of guy that was what I call Scooby-Doo. That's not his gig, you know? Yeah. But he claimed that when he went to go in the house, he saw a man standing there in the hallway, and he walked, this, this man walked into, into my bedroom and disappeared. So, yeah. Well, things that, and, and things that's that what um, they could be described as, as almost anything, honestly, some natural phenomenon and what, or what, what people try to, to nail it as. But, right. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, they call them spook lights for, for mm -hmm. a reason. I mean, uh, that sounds like more like a ghost to me yeah. than, than anything else. Well, I just thought and, it was kind of interesting to add in because the way you talked about the spook light going through the car, you know, one window and then out the other window, which is what happened mm -hmm. with this thing that we saw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those those are very. I mean, with lights lights with with ghosts are fairly common. Mm -hmm. um, we had my my wife, uh, our our son had just gotten born. He's uh, was just born. He's almost nineteen now, but mm -hmm. he was a baby. He was a few months old. And he was in his crib in this old house that we, we, we first lived in. And when she'd get up to go to the, go to the bathroom, because I mean, she just had a baby. So she's going to go in a lot. Uh, she'd see a light that she said looked like Tinkerbell from the uh, original Peter Pan movie from Disney over his bed. And, and there weren't any lights over his bed. There wasn't an electric plug in. There weren't any, mm -hmm. anything electric around there. And, and I thought she was just sleepy until one night I saw it. And I watched it as it faded out. Um, I was talking to a psychic uh, that I was interviewing for a different story. And she said, you saw a ghost in your house, didn't you? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what? And she described exactly what I saw and told me that it was my grandpa, Sam, who was looking after his namesake. And she had no idea I had a grandpa who was dead or uh -huh. named Sam or that my baby that I called baby, she said she didn't know, or, or she called him Sam, which that was his name. I never even revealed that he was a boy. But anyway, the point is she was convinced that was a ghost. <laughs> and But the thing is, we see the same lights associated with UFO phenomena. We see the <laughs> same lights, as you mentioned before, associated with Bigfoot. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I did a lot of research and wrote a book on shadow people uh, <laughs> a number of years ago. And, what I came to the conclusion with shadow people was that there are a whole lot of different types of entities that just have similar traits 
And I kind of think it's the same way with, with lights like that. Um, they're just, you know, yes, they're, they're apparent when, you know, during Bigfoot encounters or UFO encounters or ghost encounters, they look the same, but they're, I think they might be different. Right. It's just speculation on my part. I've seen lights like this here at my house. And some of the psychics on my team will tell me that they're it's fairies. So I mean, like you say, it it just varies. It just it just varies by right. whatever that is. Now tell me about the fairy folk. Have people seen fairy folk in the United States? Uh well, yeah, they they have. Again, this is um let's bring it bring these over from, from Europe. There have uh -huh. uh, been people who've seen, you know, traditional fairies like Disney fairies. Uh -huh. Um there are people who've described them looking like uh uh gnomes. You know, mm -hmm. about two to two foot tall with pointed red cap, a tunic, and a, and a beard. As a matter of fact, up by the, I might be mispronouncing this, Tool River, T-U-L-E, Northern California. Um, there's uh, There were a couple of cases from from uh, from people I interviewed that they, they were terrorized by, by a gnome. Uh, is that an American thing? No, that's a Scandinavian thing. But again... Um, we brought them over. Our Scandinavian right. friends brought right. them with it. But, 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 yeah, because I wouldn't expect to see a gnome. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I saw a garden gnome moving uh, on its own once, but uh, I was really sleep deprived. So I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> I just find all this uh, the folklore fascinating. I've got books, books and books behind me on you know, on different types of folklore, especially Native American folklore. Well, what here's the thing. Well, here's here's the thing that really bothers me, and I've alluded to it a couple of times, is there are there's so much folklore out there uh -huh. that the people who own the folklore, the, be it be it the native Native Americans or or you know New Guinea tribesmen or or people from Africa or or the Aboriginals from from uh -huh. Australia, they've had this for hundreds, sometimes thousands of years. Uh -huh. Who are we? To say it's not true. true. But that's exactly what we do with that folklore. We say it's not true. Right. There was um, uh, going back to the to the Congo. Sure. Uh, there, there, you know, this tribesman uh, in the Billy Forest, B-I-L-I -I, Forest, uh, had you know folklore of these really large chimpanzees that walked on two feet, howled at the moon, killed and ate leopards, and made beds like gorillas. And, you know, Western people come in and they're like, oh, isn't that fun? Until in 1998, they discovered the Billy Ape. That was a larger than normal chimpanzee that behaved sort of like a gorilla. It was They witnessed it kill a leopard and eat it, and it would bay at the moon. So why are we listening? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You know, it's, it's when you look at the Native Americans, and like you talked about the Thunderbird earlier, which I believe those things exist. Now, there's no question in my mind about that. Are there other legends? Because I, I, I know they, they, they know about Sasquatch, but are, are there other legends out there that, that, that the Native Americans talk about? Oh, well, I mean, the the, the little people um, are, uh -huh. are, I mean, they've got, you know, deep, deep legends with, with little people. And uh, the Osage Indians who were around my, my neck of the woods, um, they were afraid of the little people, which, I mean, I guess everybody should because they can, they're really mischievous. And if they get mad at you, they, they will, uh, they'll really mess you up. But um, 
one of their one of their other things was that you don't whistle outside. If you whistle really? outside, you're attracting these things and angering them. And um, yeah, don't don't do it. So I mean, puckwudgies are um, you know a, a Native American story. In in upstate New York, I interviewed a person who, uh, when she was young, she was staying with her grandmother in upstate New York, and her grandmother told her the story of these tiny people. Mm-hmm. and to not go outside at night and and there was a rainstorm one night and there was all sorts of ruckus out on the porch and grandmother wouldn't let her get out of bed to go look and see what it was and and the next morning when she woke up she couldn't find grandma until she went out on the back porch and saw grandma mopping up these you know wet footprints muddy footprints that were you know really small Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, these that's that was another uh, Native American legend that, uh, you know, at least according to her, is true. That's absolutely fascinating. And do you find when you're doing your research, like you say, there's similarities between what people are experiencing here and what people experienced back in the, I want to say the old country, because you know mm-hmm. the majority of people right. came from. Um, how close the similarities? I mean, are, are these pretty close as far as? What these things look like, or have they been, you know, embellished more? Well, no, they're really, really pretty close. They, they, they it, it, I guess it really depends. The uh, uh, down in Louisiana, the Luke Guru is uh-huh. uh, their their werewolf, and uh, it's taken from from old French stories, and and uh, old French stories were were more uh, more wolfish than than these these uh, the Luke, Luke Guru seem to be. Um, there were um, back when the Emancipation Proclamation was was signed, and and uh, uh, you know the, the Africans who who were who were bought, brought here, um, they you know down in, in the South, especially in in Florida and in Georgia and South Carolina, um, we had people from all different spots in Africa who got together. And between their different legends and Christianity that they'd been, you know, had, had been forced on them, they, they developed their own own stories and their own their own monsters, uh, incorporating all of these different different tra- traditions. So uh-huh. there's nothing quite like uh, I believe they're the Gullah people. Uh-huh. There's nothing quite like them. But um, one of the monsters that that is from from an area of Africa uh, is the Boo Hag. And uh, the boo hag is, is uh, a vampire that will sneak into your house at night. She's red because she has no skin. And she will, if you leave any crack open in a window or a door, she will be able to get in. And, and she will eventually, you know, suck all the blood from somebody. Um, not in one sitting because people will notice, you know, a friend or family member looks ill and keeps looking more ill until they die. But then the... Then, then the then the boo hag steals their skin and wears it so they can go out in public, but that's wow. that's a that's a story that was this brought over from Africa and has been incorporated into into those beliefs. Fascinating. Um, I know you talked about the Thunderbird earlier. Which, you know, we we were talking about Sasquatch. What about Mothman? Oh, uh, Mothman! I honestly think it's a that's a special case. What on earth is 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 Mothman? Um. The description of it, it's it's humanoid, but it's got wings. It doesn't really have a neck. It's got the big head and the internally glowing red eyes. It can fly up to 60 miles an hour. Uh, but it appeared 
for a very short period of time. And then there was a disaster, which the silver bridge going down and then mm -hmm. Mothman disappeared. Uh, what on earth is it? Um, there are people who, and, and you know, I think John Keel, the, the famous paranormal investigator was onto something. He thought mm -hmm. that there were window areas mm -hmm. in, in the world and the window areas was where reality was thin. And sometimes you can walk through into another reality or something mm -hmm. can walk into ours. And, and, you know, that might be the case. I mean, that's, that's way out there, but what, what, you know, what about what we've talked about? It's not, you know, really way out there. Um, could be the Mothman just it shows up and, and brings something with him. There was in, in Minneapolis, uh, not that many years ago, probably 15, uh, a Mothman was sighted before a bridge there collapsed. Uh, there were reports that a Mothman like, uh, like entity, um, was around Chernobyl before that happened. And uh, Lon Strickler, who's a paranormal investigator. Right. Yeah, Lon's great. Uh, he's done some great research about Mothman-type creatures in the Chicago area over the past four or five years. Uh -huh. um, you know, other than being Chicago, I don't know what disaster has happened there. But, you know, I, I honestly, after rambling about that, I, I will honestly say I have no idea. Well, there's been a sighting here as well at our Tower Bridge, but nothing, but, but, but nothing went wrong. But there were a couple of sightings back about two years ago. Yeah, that people were investigating. It's rather interesting, rather interesting stuff. Um, when you look at the folklore as a whole, what do you think fascinates people about it? Well, because some of the folklore could be true. Honestly, uh, I mean, another story that is worldwide. Uh, that I think really fascinates people are giants okay. because I mean, every culture has had stories of giants. There were right. stories of, uh, of giants in, in South America when the explorers from Europe were going around, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Cape down there, they were looking for giants because they're, you know, the earlier explorers had talked about them, uh, you know, giants in the Bible, you know, whenever you talk right. to people about the Bible, they're like, and giants, it's just Goliath, but no, there were, uh, he had brothers and he had, uh, there was a village he came from full of giants that made normal people look, you know, look like locusts that mm -hmm. big. So uh, I think it's because there are stories from everywhere and it could very well be possible. Mm -hmm. um, the giants and, and the same with the little people. I mean, we've grown up with, uh, with fairy, you know, fairy stories. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they're used to explain a lot. Um, so yeah, I think the, the, the possibility they could be real is, is where the fascination comes from. And there's also that cave in Arizona that nobody can find now. The, the one that was Whatever reported in the Arizona Gazette. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right, right. Well, be, yeah, the, uh, there, there are a couple of things about that story. Um, um, one is that the government shortly after that blocked off part of the Grand Canyon and you can't go to it without special permission. Why would the government block off the Grand Canyon, you know, mm -hmm. a part of it and you'd have to get special permission to go. That makes very little sense to me, unless there's something there they're trying to hide. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, but you know, one of the things that make me think maybe not is the, is the whole, um, we sent all these things to the, you know, Smithsonian and right, right. They, they lost it. We haven't heard a word from them. I mean, that that's been used so much. 
by mm -hmm. so many different, you know, so many different people. I don't know what to think, but I love that story. It's a great story. Well, you know, and not just that's because it's they saw. In, well, then Egyptian, they found Egyptian artifacts and there have been Egyptian artifacts that, are, that were found in Australia as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think honestly, uh, our, our ancestors, um, you know, rode the waves a lot more than we think they did. Absolutely. What do you say to someone that wants to uh, get involved and do what you do, you know, to, to do the research on this stuff? How should they get started? Uh, well, the first thing I need to I, I need to stress is to have a completely open mind, mm -hmm. because there there are are some paranormal things that I've dug into that are just way out there. But I, I, I look at them with an open mind, but also look at things through a, uh, a scientific perspective. And because that, that, that's, that's what I do. And, and um, well, and a journalistic perspective, because I, I, I'm not going to go in and believe somebody. I might believe somebody believes that they encountered this. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that makes the, the stories, uh, if you're writing them for, for an audience, I think it makes them more believable. Mm -hmm. And more honest if you if you're honest with them, but uh, get ready to research your butt off, and look everywhere. Don't just look up things on the internet. Get on the phone and talk to people who have encountered these. If you can drive there and talk to them face to face, do that especially. Um, right and, and yeah, and just don't believe everything you hear. Are the libraries? Because I, I haven't gone. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm doing this. Um, are, those, are they still relying a lot on, on, on microfiche? Uh, not really. Um, I there's a uh, Netflix. Uh, I, it hasn't been announced yet, so uh, I don't think I can give the name. But right, um, I was on the uh, uh, just just shot an episode of this new Netflix show uh, up in Council Bluffs, Iowa, at their library. And I was talking to the library director, and she had to really dig to get microfish up because they they wanted microfish, and wow. um, and it really yeah. She's like, we don't nobody uses this anymore. It's all it's all online. There is a god yeah. <laughs> for these young uh, people that don't know what what the oh hell a microfish is. Oh the my last god. time I used used it, I thought I was going to get sick to my stomach because I got so dizzy watching it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's my just, eyes. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> so, what's next for you? Oh, um, well, uh, I my book on book on cryptids, chasing American monsters. Uh, I just was approached by my publisher who asked if I would write chasing North American monsters. So I'm going to cool. write uh, a sequel to that book, going from Canada all the way down to Panama. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to get into the plane in a plane to go everywhere, but uh, right. uh, I'm going to going to have uh, monster stories that go all over the continent. Absolutely cool. How can people find you, sir? Uh, I'm at Jason Offit. Uh, you can see my name right in front of you, jasonoffit.com. I'm also on, gosh, what am I on? Twitter, excuse me, X. I hate that. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, um, threads, there you go. blue sky. There are way too many social media outlets out there. I've, I'd be happy if there was one. <laughs> But I, I'm on I'm on those I just mentioned. 
It's hard to keep track. I go through that too. It's just so hard to keep track. And it's, it's like, what am I on today? You know, am I on TikTok? Am I I talking to Facebook people? What am I doing? So it's really good. Thank you so much for coming on. And I appreciate it. I learned so much. I love this stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, so do I. And I love talking about it. So thank you very much for having me on. I'd love to have you on again sometime. Hey, just ask. All righty. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your evening, sir. All right. You as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, I do. I love cryptids. I, I love all that stuff. I grew up reading stories about Sasquatch, and I used to know everything. Sasquatch going, giving a slight cough, going uphill, and all that good stuff, because people still laugh about that. Okay, well, tomorrow, obviously, is Halloween, and so we've got a special show for you. Uh, I'm not going to tell you. It's a surprise, but uh, be sure to check it out. If you if you get back trick or, for your kids or whatever from trick-or-treating, be sure to... Uh, Settle down with the candy and uh, watch the show, right? Because it'll be the usual time at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. So for those of you that don't go trick-or-treating, we'll be here. For those of you that do, we'll still be here because you can check us out at YouTube or Facebook. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming. If um, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemy. You know, I'm always equal opportunity here. So we're just trying to build up our following. Build, 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 build. Subscribe, subscribe, follow, follow, follow. But I want to thank each and every one of you for all for the support you've given me over the last four years doing it in this format. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you some of his information, how to get a hold of him, and you can take a look at his books. And uh, then we're going to call it a day. So here we go. The website is from the shadows.blogspot.com from dash the dash shadows. Dot blogspot.com and you've got Jason Offit, J-A-S-O-N, his last name, dot com. So you had to build a time machine is one of the books. And we've got Darkness Walks. We've got Haunted Missouri. American Monsters. That's a great book. I've read it. Good stuff. Good stuff. And you've got Paranormal Missouri. And you've got What Lurks Beyond. And those books, of course, are available via his website and Amazon.com. All right, guys. I will see you tomorrow um, for a quick show. It'll be an hour show, but uh, I've got stuff going on in my front yard, too. So hopefully by the time I get done with the show, my doorbell will, will be ringing and my dogs will be screaming. So have a great night, and I'll see you tomorrow.